All right, good morning. What a great video. I can see my son doing like all those things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so today um, we're going to start the, our ICNU uh, series. I'm really excited about it. Um, as Jason said, my name is Sean Bolton, but you can call me tired. Um, I was, got home this morning about 12, 12.30, and although I'm really tired, I'm really psyched because we had a great weekend with the high schoolers and middle schoolers. If you've ever done mi- uh, youth ministry, you know like it's really tiring, can be frustrating, but every once in a while, they give you those like nuggets of like awesomeness to hold on to. And last night was one of those nights. So I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be part of the retreat this past weekend. So I want to start with a question I just want you to think about. Has anyone ever told you that they see something in you? You know, it can be like potential. It can be a character trait, promise, or even, you know, maybe they say that you're going to do something great. For, as the video said, for the most powerful letters in the alphabet, or ICNU. When someone says, some, says ICNU to you, it can be a really powerful moment. In my professional life, when I was given the opportunity to be a supervisor in my department, um, something that, that my bosses said to me was like they see the potential in me to be a great leader. And that was like really awesome for me. It's something that I've held on to. It's given me a lot of encouragement and motivation over the years. Um, in, in my role serving here at Daybreak in campus ministries under Pastor Sean and even in student ministries under Pastor Matt, they're constantly speaking into me and encouraging me by recognizing the God-given gifts and talents and abilities that I have. Just this morning, Matt texted me and just thanked me for being on the retreat and told me what a great job that I did. And those, those kinds of moments are awesome. They're huge. Um, they're, basically, they're noticing that my unique spiritual gifts and personal style and passion are coming together to forward the mission of mission of God in me. And the same can be said for you guys, too. We all have this mission from God, and it's unique to each and every one of us. So can you think of a time when someone noticed your potential and affirmed you, spoke a word of encouragement to you in that regard? During this series, we're going to explore how four different people from the Old Testament had life-changing I-see-in-you moments where God literally changed the trajectory of their lives, changed the trajectory of their lives, huge moments. And all of those I see in you moments, they're, they're in order to get us tracked onto these, the, this life-changing journey with Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about here at Daybreak, is getting on that journey, that life-changing journey with Jesus Christ. God sees in us things that we don't see ourselves. He sees our potential to enter into a relationship with him that transforms both who, are, who we are and what we do. Today, we're going to look at a man named Abraham from the Old Testament. Awesome story. His name was, never know what his name was originally? Abram, thank you. Beautiful. His name was Abram, but God at one point decided to change it. And we're going to dig into what all that means and why he did it. Um, there's a lot in a name, especially like in Abram's case when Abraham came directly from God. And we're going to see today how God transformed Abram, whose name literally meant father, into a man named Abraham, which meant father of many nations. Today, I want to tell you the the story of Abraham. He's one of the most significant players in the Jewish, Muslim, as well as the Christian faiths. But Abraham wasn't what his parents named him. Like we said, for 99 years, he was known as Abram. Until God chose to confirm the mission that he had for him with this name change. By revealing what he saw in him. And for those of you who have been asking yourselves, God, what do you see in me? Or why are you calling my name? We're going to answer some of those questions, and we're going to dig into what that looked like in Abraham's life and how he can apply it to our lives today. 
you're going to see today that Abram may have been asking the very same questions that you've been asking. So as we look at the life of Abraham, we see three things that get where God said to Abraham, I see this in you, I see in you. So if you want to pull out your outlines from your program guides, we're going to get uh, right to our first point. And as we go through this message, we're going to constantly be coming back to the same question of, of what does God see in me? So I want you to keep that in the back of your brains as we're going through this. What does God see in me? And the first thing he sees is he sees your limits. God sees your limits. We're going to pick up Abram's story in Genesis 15. At this point, God's already promised Abram that he would make him a great nation and a great name. And if we read scripture, it's clear that like Abram believed him. He bought into this. He understood it. He was also, we see that he's very aware of his limitations. So much so that he takes it upon himself to try to figure out how to fulfill God's promise to him. He has the promise, but he doesn't really trust God to say, like, you're going to do this for me or you're going to help me through this. He makes, he makes a ways to fulfill it without including God. Now, in Abram's time, it was a little bit hard for you to be the father of many nations if you didn't have an heir, right? You didn't have somebody to pass it on. That's heir, not hair. I was going to make that joke if Pastor Sean was here, but <laughs> you have to have a male heir to pass those things on. Um, and Abraham had nobody to pass on his family lineage to. He didn't have a son to carry on the promise from God. And so he comes up with this solution uh, to, to, to what God has promised, the solution to make it work in his mind. And if you read in Genesis 15, 2 through 3, it says, But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, and so none of my serv- and one of my servants will be my heir. So in this verse, we see Abram um, operating from his limitations, out of his limits, and attempting to set himself up for success by providing this heir that he didn't trust God to provide. And he provides it through his head servant, Eliezer, and he thought that he could be the one to carry on the family blessing. But obviously, that wasn't what God had in mind. When we try to do things apart from God, it doesn't always work out. And when it doesn't, Abram comes up with another plan. And this part is just crazy to me. Just stick with me. We're going to get around. It's, it's kind of crazy. So he, he takes matters into his own hands. And the Bible says to Sarai, that's his wife, said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. That's Genesis 16 too. Now, have you ever read something in the Bible, specifically like the Old Testament especially, and been like, What? How did that even happen? Um, so th- this part of this story, to me, it like plays out like a reality television show. Like, I can't have kids, so here's my, here's my servant, Hagar. That was her name. And just have a kid with her. Today's society, like, that's what it would be, it'd be a reality TV show. But, but back then, it was just like, oh, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to move forward from there. And I, I don't get it. Um, but his wife recommends that he sleeps with his personal aide, Hagar. He follows through, and she becomes pregnant, and Ishmael is born. And I think that we can assume without going much further that Abram kind of had a do-it-yourself approach to his faith with God, and it doesn't really work out. Surprise, surprise, Hagar and Sarai, there's some conflict, some tension, duh, (laughs) that occurs between them, and Abraham actually ends up sending Hagar and Ishmael away. So it's not working out the way that he wants to, and he's, he's He's led to this choice of, I can either continue to do things on my own, I can try to continue to figure this out for God, 
or I can include him on this, in, in on the, the solution, and we can figure this out together. So finally, in Genesis 21, we get to the point where God actually changes Abram's name to Abraham. He's 99 years old, and he and his wife end up laughing at the prospect of Sarah getting pregnant at her age of 90 years old. Women, how many would sign up for that? 90 years old, getting pregnant. Oh, my goodness. And so the promised son was born. His name was Isaac, which literally means laughter in Hebrew. The word says, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham and Sarah, or who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? And I have given Abraham a son in his old. That's Genesis 21, verses 5 through 7. My wife and I recently completed the journey class. And um, one of the things that Pastor Joel had us do, it's called a family genogram. And what it is, it's like a, a, a thumbnail sketch of, of your family over the past four generations. My mom's back there. She's getting nervous. Um, a thumbnail sketch of, of your, uh, your family. And, and one of the things that it does is it, it outlines like positive traits that have kind of played out through your family as kind of an encouragement, but it also does the opposite, right? It kind of points out things that maybe have limited your family's faith or limited your, your family's ability to walk with God. And uh, one of, Pastor, Pastor Joel referred to those themes in our families as unbiblical family commandments. And discerning these things can help us to see those things that are limiting our faith and have limited our, our family's faith. Abraham's unbiblical family command may have been that they, you know, tried to do things on their own apart from God. Can anybody relate to that? Like you get a word from God and it's like, that's awesome, God, I'm going to do that. But you know what? Just stay in the corner and I'll figure it out for myself. I think we've all been there. So again, we're going to go back to this, this question. What does God see in you? So we talked about he sees our limits, uh, but even, even better than you do. But along with that, our second point is that he sees your potential. He sees our limits, but he also sees our potential. I kind of said at the beginning of the message today, but there's a lot in a name. A lot goes into a name. And I have a video uh, that I want you to watch. I think it kind of plays out this point perfectly. Checking in. Your name, please. Michael Jordan. Oh. Michael Jordan, 8 o'clock. Oh. That's me. Oh. Oh. Man. How you doing? Really? Let's go. So much disappointment in that guy's life. Uh, so there's a lot in a name that holds a lot of weight. You know, if Michael Jordan checks in and is not the Michael Jordan, there's going to be a little bit of disappointment. My last name is Bolton. I have a brother named Michael, right? Um, so he doesn't get asked to sing like when a man loves a woman a lot, but there are a lot of jokes that happen. <laughs> so do you, have you ever, I don't know if anybody knows like how they got their name. I think my mom told me at one point in time that my, my grandma helped name me. Is that right? Yes, my grandma helped name me. First service, I said my, I was named after my grandma. Her name, I think, was Mary, so like, that didn't work. But um, funny story about how my son got his name. 
we, uh, we, Karina and I did not see eye to eye on names, and she's laughing already. We did not see eye to eye on names at all. Like, she would say something, and I would shake my head. She, I would say something, and she would yell at me. But <laughs> we were just really far apart on what our, what, what our son was going to be called to the point where, like, when people would ask us to kind of avoid the topic, we started just coming up with ridiculous names to make people laugh. I think at one point in time, I was telling people that we were going to name him, like, Franklin Melchizedek, just to be funny and get them to forget that they asked the question. Um, but 